I am aware that lunch is almost ready upstairs, so I'm not going to keep you guys for a long time at all. But I do want us to spend a moment or two um, in our passage this morning from Luke's Gospel. It's our lectionary passage for today. Um, Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. A really significant passage of Scripture at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, his public ministry. Now let me just shoot that question out there at the beginning. Have you ever been tempted? Have you ever had your chocolate box moment? Where there's just something you know you shouldn't do, but you find it hard to resist. And very often the story is that we cave in and we give in. And then we deal with the guilt and the shame and the fear afterwards. Tempted to do something we know is wrong. Boys and girls, download. Bible class, I'm sure there are those times when maybe you knew you had a homework that needed to be done, but that latest show is on Netflix and it would just be more fun to binge out on that. And you do. And then the next day you've got to go in and come up with an excuse as to why that homework doesn't exist. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I lost it. My baby brother tore it up. I'm sorry. We begin to point the finger of blame at other people. It isn't a sin to be tempted. Unless we do what we're tempted to do. Even though we know it's wrong. And here in Luke 4, we find Jesus being tempted. So let's set the context, because the context is really, really important. It's really significant in this passage. Jesus leaves Nazareth, and he meets with John, the baptizer, and he's baptized by him. In Luke chapter 3, in this passage, we read about his baptism. It's important to understand what baptism meant in the Bible time, especially in Jesus' time. Because John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, but it's also representing a change of heart in people and an identification with a message and with a messenger. So when people came to John to be baptized, they were baptized and they were saying, I believe John is a prophet. I believe in the message that John is preaching, that the Messiah is coming. And I want to live a holy life. And then here comes Jesus. And of course, when Jesus comes to John to be baptized, Jesus doesn't need to repent. Because Jesus lived a sinless life. The life that we could never live. But he's baptized. And when he was baptized, Jesus was saying, I believe John was sent from God. I believe the message that John is preaching. Baptism is all about identification. Identification with Jesus, with his message, and with his movement. And Jesus identifies with that message, with that movement, ultimately with us. When he's baptized by John the baptizer, 
by the Jordan brook. And after Jesus is baptized in Luke 3, 21, he prays. And the heavens open and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, descends like a dove and rests on Jesus. And Almighty God says, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Jesus' ministry starts, it kicks off when the heavens open and the Father speaks. Wouldn't it be amazing to hear the voice of God in that way that Jesus heard it that day? They're all words, too, that we all long to hear as human beings. We're born longing to hear our Heavenly Father call us sons and daughters to tell us that He loves us, to tell us that He's pleased with us. And the words that God the Father speaks to Jesus are words of identity. They're words of identity. And as you sit here in Fitzroy this morning, do you know that you're loved by God? God's Word tells us in 1 John chapter 3, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. I love that word lavished. It's so extravagant. What love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Did you know that you're loved by God? That you are a child of God. For John chapter 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You're loved by God. You're a child of God. And God is pleased with you when you put your faith in him. My prayer is that this morning you sense the smiling delight of your heavenly Father in you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's what Hebrews 11 tells us. But when we believe by faith, God is pleased with you. You're my child. I love you. I'm pleased with you. Words we long to hear, words Jesus heard, words God speaks this morning. And immediately following these events, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why? What for? What would be waiting for Jesus out there in the Judean wilderness? Well, he goes into the desert. He goes into the desert for, to pray for 40 days. That's a significant number in the Bible. I think it's really significant that the Hebrew people, the Israelites, spent 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness and comes out to bring deliverance, the rescue plan of God unfolding. And I'm sure in those 40 days, 40 days of prayer and fasting, he was ravenous. He was hungry. He'd not eaten anything. He's trying to listen to God to do what he said. And I'm sure his 
tummy was rumbling from hunger. And then the devil comes alongside Jesus, the old liar who'd come to Adam and Eve back in the garden in the form of the snake and whispered words of doubt and questioning. And he says, Is there, there's no reason for you to be hungry. If you're the son of God, you could take one of these stones and turn it into bread. And you could be satisfied. You could be full. I spent a little bit of time in the Judean wilderness. I can tell you, after a few hours in that hot sun, if you haven't eaten anything or haven't drunk anything, those rocks start to look like tasty loaves of bread. After 40 days, he's ravenous. And Satan comes with these cunning, insidious words. And the temptation, and this is what I don't want you to miss this morning, the temptation is a direct attack on the truth of God's words. Words that Jesus had heard spoken by the Father when the heavens rolled back. God the Father had just affirmed Jesus' identity at his baptism. He said, you are my son. And here comes Satan, and he calls into question what God has already clearly stated. And that's been the devil's strategy right from the beginning. Always so cunning, questioning what God has said to get us to doubt the truth. It's true that Satan offers things that are temporal, things that satisfy our hunger for the moment but leave us ultimately feeling empty inside. Bono from YouTube put it well when he sang the words, sweet the sin but bitter the taste in my mouth. Ultimately, it doesn't satisfy. Ultimately, it leads to disappointment, destruction. Satan loves to attack the word of God because it causes us to doubt what God has said and it leads us to question our identity in Christ, who we are in him. But Jesus doesn't listen to the devil as Neville read the scriptures for us so dramatically, so brilliantly this morning. We saw that each time Jesus is attacked, or doubt with this temptation to doubt the word of God, Jesus answers the devil with scripture. He quotes Deuteronomy to the evil one. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 3, or 8 verse 3. Jesus uses the word of God to overcome the attack of Satan. Next, Satan takes Jesus to the holy city, to the highest point of the temple. And he says, if you're the son of God, jump off here and God will send his angels to save you. Jesus said, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And finally, the devil takes Jesus to a very high mountain and he shows him all the world below. And he says, all of this can be yours. I'll give it all to you if you bow down and worship me. There won't be any need for a cross. There won't be any need for a death, pain, or suffering. You can have it all. And Jesus answers, go away from me, Satan. 
because it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Three times the evil one comes to tempt Jesus. Did he give? Did he give in? No, of course he didn't. Jesus did the right thing every time. He remembered what the scriptures said and it helped him to resist Satan's temptation. And the key to overcoming temptation, the key to resisting those chocolate box moments in our lives, whatever they are, whatever part of our lives, they come at us in, is to know the Word of God, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, we'd be wise to learn from his example. And of course, at the end of this passage in verse 13, we discovered that this wasn't going to be the only time that Jesus was going to face temptation. We're reminded that when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. We all face temptations. This week, they're going to come. It's a daily thing. It's part of what it is to be a human being. Get used to it. We could think of lots of examples. But ultimately, when your identity, when who you are in Jesus is attacked, the Word of God is instrumental in your fight against temptation. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young person, any person, stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? So as you go into this week, as you face temptations, as, as I've said, those chocolate box moments come your way, don't Play around with temptation. Stay as far away from it as you can. Resist temptation with all your might. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Remind yourself of the end result. Temptation always ends in disappointment, disaster, pain, a trap. Remind yourself of the end result and protect your mind. So many things around us that can pollute our minds. Make the Bible the greater part of your life. And remember that we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way as we are. Yet he did not sin. Quote Deuteronomy to the devil. Let's pray. God, thanks for your word. Thanks for this Bible passage which gives us this incredible insight to the humanity of Jesus. In the weakness of hunger and exhaustion, he experienced temptation. But Lord, we're we're also reminded that he did not give in. Jesus, you've shown us a better way. 
Help us to follow in your footsteps, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.